my purpose is to get this this time freedom, right? right. And like you said, I, I have money, I don't have time now, right. right? So all the all my focus is using my money so it has the best ROI so I can get freedom of time. Right. And with that, you know, it has to be such a narrow goal that you're not wasting your time. I'm not even looking at multifamily. I'm not looking even looking at apartments. I don't even care if people say it's a good deal. You know, I just I just looked at my email and suddenly like great deals on like a five unit in Oakland or uh, Oak Park, right. like delete. Welcome to the Cashflow for Life podcast. We believe there are two types of people in this world. People that have greater cash flow coming in every single month or people who have cash flow going out. We believe you need to be the type of person that has cash flow coming in. And that is what this podcast is all about. Our mantra is simple. If you take care of real estate for the first five years, real estate will take care of you for the rest of your life. If you're looking to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Andrew Holmes, a renowned expert in the field, is your guide on this journey. Andrew is the driving force behind National RE Invest, the largest real estate investors association in the United States. Together, we're here to help you build wealth and create more cash flow in your life. Let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is going to be really exciting today. We have Oscar in the studio. And this is how do you go from a top restaurateur in Chicago, top 50 restaurants, uh, to somebody who is a successful real estate investor. So Oscar, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. So Oscar, let's kind of start um, from the very beginning, mm -hmm. right? So when I met you, you came to Mastery and you were running what type of restaurant at this? We were at that time the only authentic Indonesian restaurant in the city. And you were not just an Indonesian restaurant. You guys were kind of featured on the top 50 restaurants in Chicago. Yeah, we were recognized as one of the most unique restaurants. So we had a lot of exposure from the local news, local TV shows, and even, you know, semi-national TV oh, shows. Got it. So what's the journey like? I mean, wh why is it that somebody who's a su su successful restaurateur get into real estate? Take me through that journey. Sure. So I always had an entrepreneur side to me. I started with working for Motorola. Uh, when I graduated, I actually had a math and computer science uh, degree. Mm -hmm. So that was 2000, 2012. And in the middle, uh, I want to supplement my income by becoming a wedding photographer. So that was about 2005 to 2012-ish. And I liked the entrepreneur side of it. So when my mom, who was my partner for the restaurant, moved to Chicago, we kind of see the lack of authentic Indonesian restaurant in the city, even though there's a lot of Thai restaurant, a lot of Vietnamese, a lot of different cultures, Chinese and all whatnot. There's really not an authentic Indonesian restaurant. So we saw an opportunity and my entrepreneur brain kicks in and fast forward 2012, I resigned from Motorola and I opened Indonesian restaurant. We name it Rickshaw Republic, as in Rickshaw, like Asian sure. Rickshaw. So, and you know, we went from there 2012, and, you know, up to 2016, when I decided to join Mastery. So hold on, I got to yeah. go back one, one second. So you have a good job at Motorola, right? Yeah. Most people would not, especially with the uh, educational background yeah. you had, you're Indonesian, obviously, by heritage. Mm -hmm. Most people would not quit a safe, secure job. Yeah. What was the inspiration that, hey, man, this is going to work and this journey is going <laughs> to work because you have family, you have kids, yeah. that sort of yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. So what was it that gave you the confidence that it's going to work? It was it was mostly looking at the the current position that I was in, and it was 
it, there's a cap. There's a limiting factor. There's a lot of people that would be in front of me that would either be political or it would kind of stop me from moving forward. Um, that in combination of I, I don't get to choose what I want to do. It's always the same thing again and again. And if you do a good job, you get rewarded. If you don't do such a good job, you reward it less. So basically, like, uh, I guess an easy way of putting it is maybe a glass ceiling and somebody else yeah. controlled your destiny. Right, okay. right. And you're Got always it. relying to a company. And at that time, Motorola was declining too. Every time they had a, they had a layoff every single year. And right. I survived the layoff because I was in a good department. Right. But looking at it now, I, I wouldn't know if I was, it was my turn the next year after that so. or not. Okay. So, you know, I kind of see the signs and I decided to like, I decided to take control of my financial destiny. Destiny, right. Yeah. So basically you go from, you know, at Motorola, you're doing the photography thing, then you go to the restaurant. Then what brought you to us? Because when you came to us, your restaurant was doing well. Mm -hmm. It's not like you guys weren't, and restaurant business is a tough business yeah. to be in, mm -hmm. but you're here um, in mastery every weekend and you had not done any real estate before that. Right? No, I, I mean, all my rest, uh, all my real estate deal was just buying primary residence. And at that point, I actually lose money every time I sell and move. <laughs> okay. So what was the inspiration that brought you here? One day, I basically just woke up and I look at my family. I look at my daughter growing up. Business is good. And yet there's this empty feeling of this is the daily grind. Right. And that feeling getting is, is getting to a point where, well, I want to take care of my family. I want to make sure that my daughter and my wife and everyone just don't live with the same quality of life. And at that point, the restaurant was providing well for us, but I also know there's a limiting factor to the restaurant, especially the family business. We try to look at several options. Can we take this? Can we make a branch? Can we franchise this? And it was, again, it was like a glass ceiling at that right. point, right? Now the restaurant's running, right? but we are, all, we are also very, very dependent on the building. Right, because we didn't own the building. Sure. And we have to So lease. you didn't own the real estate. You we didn't own the real estate. the restaurant. So you yeah. were basically a tenant over there. Yeah, and right. at that point, we are actually at the mercy of the landlord right. at that point. So right. we're trying to move. We're trying to buy, buy our own building. And that kind of led me to the path of real estate because right. I start seeing building. I, we, we actually remember we almost bought a building in Skokie downtown. Right. But that kind of got me to the real estate part. Got it. Right? So, so. you show up here and... Uh, we all, and we'll get into this, right? Uh, I mean, I tend to be um, anti-flips, meaning not that you don't do flips, but you mm -hmm. only do flips to make a living. Mm -hmm. But you build your wealth on what we call cash flow for life, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is rental properties, whether it be STRs, you know, short-term rentals, yep. mid-term rentals, mm -hmm. or long-term rentals. That's really what is wealth, yeah. right? Uh, flipping is just a means to an end. It can make you active income. But did that whole concept, when you first show up at the three-day, did that make sense? that approach to it rather than, oh my God, flip and you'll get rich? Yeah, I mean, it, make, it makes sense because at that point, you, you look at other reality shows and those are all flips and you think you're going to make a buttload of money. But then when you, when you go to the mastery, when you go to the three-day, it, it kind of opens your mind to see that cash flow side of it, right? right? And when I joined mastery, we implemented that because right. we didn't do any flips. I mean, we may, we may do one, but we, because I still have, the income from the sure. restaurant, we focus on sure. the 257. We focus right. on 
just building up rentals and cash flow. So basically two years, five properties, get them paid off in seven. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Cash flow for life. That's kind of the basic philosophy that you do wholesales, you do flips, um, and uh, that's for active income. Correct. So you either use the active income if you need to live on, mm -hmm. but otherwise you're going to basically start building up rentals. Correct. Right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so let me kind of, it was funny because this is 2017, right? Mm -hmm. uh, your very first deal. I still remember it. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> so where did you buy your very first deal? It was an, it was an auction property foreclosed in Englewood. Right, in Englewood, yeah. which is, uh, for those of you uh, listening, uh, are not familiar with Chicago, that was a tough, tough, tough part of Chicago. Some of the, you know, the crime spree, when you see that, that's in that particular pocket. But yeah. what did you buy that property for? I remember I got it for a little over 11000 Maybe 12000 total with cost and everything. With yeah. And that was a single family or two units? No, it was a beautiful graystone, three stories with a basement. With a basement, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so basically, I mean, it, it can give you the idea of how tough that area is. But there are people making money in that area. Oh, yeah, there is. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people making money in the area. Oh, yeah. So what did you end up doing? You didn't keep the property for you. No. Why not? Well, I... I talked to you, right? <laughs> and I talked to several people who sure. were investors at that point, and I decided that that area is too challenging for me as a new investor back then right. to just take on. So right. I end up just wholesaling it. Okay, so you end up wholesaling that property. What did you make on that first wholesale? So the sale price was about forty-five thousand. Okay, cash, right? So minus you know cost and everything, sure, uh, probably fifteen thousand with the purchase cost and everything. I probably right. made about thirty thousand. About thirty thousand. So yeah. not a bad start. No, not a bad. Start. Not a bad start. Yeah. Okay. So at that time, did you you started scaling up with rental, mm -hmm. right? So what was your typical rental strategy? Was were you buying in the city of Chicago? Were you buying in the suburbs? What was the strategy that you took at that time? At that time, we were looking at the suburbs of Chicago, okay. especially Southern suburb, because a lot of those areas are gentrifying. But we're looking specifically to like C, C plus area that we know people are moving into and they are growing and have a decent school system and also, and also transport and near commercials. Got it. And every property that you were buying, were you funding it with your own money? Were you doing private money out of mastery? How were you buying these properties? I would say 80% He's using private money or hard money. Okay. Yeah. Hard money or private money from mm -hmm. mastering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where you were borrowing the purchase and the rehab. Correct. Okay. Got it. Got it. And then um, let's kind of go through one of your properties, right? Mm -hmm. You were talking about the Evergreen Park property. Sure. Right. Which happens to be a nice suburb, B plus. Almost, now today it's an A. Today. Today, today it's, it's an, an A. a right. right. But yeah. at that time, it was probably a B. B minus. Because it was a foreclosure property sure. too. Right. That we go so to, yeah. when you buy the property, what did you pay for that property? Gosh, we probably paid about 80,000? 80,000. At most? At yeah. most. And then you fixed it for what? No more than 15, 20,000. 15, 20,000. Yeah, we didn't even much. replace the windows. The windows right. is what, like 80 years old at this right. point. <laughs> okay. So you kind of left it as is. Yeah. What was the appraisal on the back end? Back then, the appraisal was at, I'm going to say like 150. 150. At least. Okay. Yeah. Because we, 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 we remember putting that. We didn't get any cash out because we just want a cash flow. Sure. And our loan was less than 100000 Okay. It's probably like 95000 Okay. So basically, you bought it, rehabbed it, uh, did a, a burr method. We call it 257 yeah. cash flow for life, which mm -hmm. is uh, going back to that philosophy of two years, five properties, get them paid off in seven. Mm -hmm. So now you're buying all these properties with equity, mm -hmm. right? Yep. With a minimum of uh, 25, uh, 30% equity in yep. the properties. Mm -hmm. um, you have cash flow. Mm -hmm. You remember what the cash flow was on the property? Uh, 
well, back then, it was probably close to 400 net. 400, okay. Yeah. About 400 net. Yeah. Uh, and then your DCR, right? Yeah. Uh, like some people who do DSCR loans, mm -hmm. they may know it, uh, you know, they call it DS. The SCR, DSCR, we call it DCR, mm -hmm. right? Debt coverage ratios, because mm -hmm. that's what we look at. Yeah. Very, very similar to mm -hmm. that. So uh, with that, what was it like? Like, how long did it take you? How, year one, mm -hmm. 2017, how many yeah. properties did you buy? Ooh, 2017, we just wanted to buy like two to three properties. Right. I think we ended up in 27 with 10. 10, yeah. okay. So 10 rentals. 10 rentals, yeah. right. So at 10 rentals, you should be making somewhere around 5,000 bucks a month. About four to about five thousand. Four to five thousand yeah. net, right? Mm -hmm. After expenses. Yeah. And did you have any money out of pocket? Some. We some. have to we have to put we have to leave some money. And right. that's because of the cost of refinance. And we didn't want to do a cash out refinance. We okay. just want to do a rate in term, what we call rate in term refinance, right? So I have to ask you this, right? At this point, you go from Motorola to photography, photography and Motorola to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Now you get into real estate. Did you have any friends, family? Um, because uh, at least with Indian people or with a lot of Asian yeah. people, we tend to be pretty conservative, mm -hmm. right? In terms of how we approach life. Yeah. Did you have people around you that went, man, this is not possible. This is not going to work. Uh, what was it, uh, the peer group that was looking at you that were they very supportive? What was that like? They, they, so it was basically neutral. Okay. It's not like they don't believe. Right. They don't know, they don't have any knowledge. Right. None of my families have any knowledge in real estate investing. Right. They know how to buy houses for them for primary living, right. right? Residents, but they don't know anything about investing. And to them, they're all invested in stocks, mutual funds. None of them, none of us, I mean, my immediate family is in real estate. Right. So they weren't, they weren't against it, right. but they didn't have any opinion. Right. And that's part of the reason I came to Mastery and looked right. to resources for people who knows real estate investing, doing my research and everything. Got it. So um, you start scaling up. Mm -hmm. What did you get up to? So up until 2020, uh -huh. uh, we were at 25 doors and 25 single families. Because at that sure. point, I, we only focus on single families. I didn't have any multis. Sure. So at that point, uh, and why was it that you were focusing on single families? Were you against multis? What was the thought process? To me, There's two things. Personally, I like to own more land. Right. And second, there, there seems to be, well, we know for a fact there's more single families than the multi-families. Sure. Right. And the multi-families are, are usually harder to get with the numbers that we follow. Right. right? Whenever we underwrite a multi-family, 99% it doesn't make sense. Right. You have to do creative like seller finance or all that while in single families, You Or can, you do syndications. You do syndicate. Well, yeah, yeah, for big apartments. And yeah. we're just talking about very small, like second, uh, two, three, four uh, quadplex, right? In right. Chicago, there's a lot right. of them. Right. But that's still harder to get at, at a good deal, right? So. so, I mean, this is a question that comes up all the yeah. time, right? Uh, we've talked about this, which is that, Andrew, why don't you do multifamilies? I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, what would you say to that, right? If somebody says that. Yeah. Would, will you buy multifamily properties? If, it, if the number makes sense. Exactly. Always. I mean, exactly. we. I would buy a five. I mean, I actually have a five unit now. Right. But it was seller finance. It makes sure. sense. Right. Right. So, but if if you're buying it on retail, even off market retail wholesalers, whatever, if the number doesn't make sense, well, why would, spend time and resources on two, three, four flat while you can get two properties? Right. That makes sense. Right. And it's the reason is for most people, nine nine point nine percent population, it's much easier to find single family properties 
you find people who are not very sophisticated uh, that are selling these properties, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times, and people say this all the time, they're like, Andrew, I, it's one roof on a big building, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But guys, listen, here's my challenge to you, right? With 25 properties, that was 20,000 uh, cash flow a month. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. All day long. Yeah. With 25 properties. Right. And my point is much easier to get to 10, 15, 20, 30, 40. I mean, today we have people in mastery that are doing 30, 40, $50,000 a month in cash flow mm-hmm. and they own good quality single properties. Why? Because it's easier to get to that cash flow number. Yeah. Now, if your goal is that I have 8,000 doors, right? Great. No problem. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. But then you're going to have to be a syndicator. Yeah. But the question becomes, so that they, uh, somebody I know uh, called me, they're like, man, we're up to $800 million. Mm. Like, wow. Wow. I, I need to think about how many zeros, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. in there, right? Yeah. And uh, because I'm like, well, it's simple, right? You have a million, I mean, you have a six zeros in a million. Mm-hmm. So then I put 850 in front of it, right? But yet my point was this, how much do you make a month? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, well, Andrew, that's not how it works. I'm mm. like, no, no, no. That's how it works. Because yeah. the question is that what is your net cash flow Correct. every single month, right? That's mm-hmm. really what life boils down to, Yeah. right? Because retirement is not a function of age. Retirement is a function of cash flow. Correct. Right? Yeah. Um, and yet that is, so you go out to a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you just went to a bigger pockets thing. Mm-hmm. You're out at different conferences. Yep. You're at a lot of different things to try a to lot. grow, continue, mm-hmm. right? Um, why is it that most people never talk about the net cash flow a month? Because that's really all that matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do. Right. And I think it's because number one is they always have something to sell. Right. Number two is they don't know what the net cash flow is right? because they listen to another person and another person and they always talk about NOI. They right. talk about cap rate and all the big education out there right. talks about how to get the best cap rate right. and then season it and then sell it again. Correct. And that's, that's the thing about big syndication. Right. Their goal is to stabilize it and sell it. So, so it's a basically a long-term, it's a longer flip. It's a longer flip. It's a longer flip, right? right? Yeah. And a lot of times what you have to think about, guys, is this. If you take somebody like Oscar, you take somebody like me, you look at yourself. Most of the times you're going to be somewhere between, um, you know, zero to how much are you going to have saved up? Half a million, a million, two million, right? The question becomes is if you have zero or if you have 100,000 or more, mm-hmm. what is your rate of return Correct. every single month without you running on a treadmill? Right. Mm -hmm. And this is something, Oscar, uh, you know, we've said this a million times, which is there are two types of people. Mm -hmm. Number one, people who run on a treadmill to create income. And number two, people who own treadmills that other people have to go to work to create income for them. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, with this thought process, so you're at about 25 properties, everything Mm -hmm. is going well, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhere around 20,000 cash flow, you'd say. Sure. Right. Uh, And then 2020 happens. Yeah. So, what happened with the restaurant business? So remember February, 2020, January, 2020, everything shuts down. Right. Like the governor says, you can't operate anything, only essential service. So restaurant, the restaurant is kind of essential on the to-go side, but our, our restaurant was built for in-person dining. So basically we're dead on the water. For 
we don't even know at that point. Because you guys were more of an experiential Correct. type of a restaurant. Correct. Right? Yeah. Come to our uh, kind of our home, yeah. you know, our living room uh, for dinner exactly, sort of thing. Right. Yeah. With the, you know, with the paraphernalia, with yeah, everything that with you have. With art and decoration yeah. and sure. the service, right? It's sure. not just a frill to go, right. like Chinese place, right. for example. Right. So, uh, so you guys get shut down. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Got it. So now what happened? Because now you have the main income mm-hmm. uh, for the restaurant is gone. It's pretty much gone. It's goes, it goes to zero. Got it. Like literally zero and minus because I still have to pay people. Okay. Right. Got it. So I'm my negative cash flow. Negative cash flow. Yeah. Okay. So what did you do in terms of at that point to pivot? Mm-hmm. So a couple things. Uh, at that point, I have, I actually, I remember we had four rehabs going on sure. from 2019 to 2020, right? Sure. January came in and, and now we're looking at no business, no cash flow. So I got to feed my family. And I'm looking at these four properties. So we had to make a decision of, well, instead of keeping this property, now I have to sell some of this. It's not all of the properties first so that we can have a decent amount of income coming in. Because at that point, we don't know how long this is going to last. It could last for the whole one or two years. So I wouldn't, at that point, I wouldn't hold properties anymore. I would still hold uh, rentals. But the four that we had at that point, I start to pivot and uh, rehab them in a way that we are going to sell them as a flip. So you ended up flipping those properties? Uh, we ended up point. flipping all four. All four. Yeah. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. So what was the strategy at that point? How were your rent, rent collections at that time? It was challenging because obviously everything stops sure. and we want to be on a good side on, of landlording. So we sure. were always saying we're, we're on the same boat. Right. We're in this together. Right. So... Um, I don't, at, at that point also, at least I think land, rent correction came down to 10%, okay. meaning like out of the 25, only two paid. Okay. And, and that because they are, they were working still and they're more responsible tenant, but the right. rest of them, they, they, they all, they all call me, Hey, I, I have no income or my income has been reduced. Some of them are contractors or so like no income. So, but what, what could we do? Right. So our, our rent correction went from like hundred percent to like 10% of them. Got it. There were some government help, obviously, at that point, sure. and we push people to, you know, we work with them to get government help, which worked for some, but some of the tenant was just on a different mindset, right. and we had to deal with a bunch of eviction uh, after the 2020, because 2020, right. if you remember, we have moratorium, we sure. can't do anything. So, you know, we have a bunch of non-performing tenants, sure. and that's that fuels more into, well, we have to make money. Right. You know, for so me. basically at that time, you started doubling down on flips. Oh, yeah. Right. So flips were making money. Oh, right? yeah. Hand mm-hmm. over fist at right. that time. Yep. Right. So you're doing a bunch of flips. Mm-hmm. That becomes your active income. Suddenly, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So instead of the restaurant, and this is something that is really important, guys, if you're listening to it, which is that uh, you want to be a multimillionaire. You got to have a way, some source of making active income, mm-hmm. whether you have a job. If you have a job, please, for God's sake. Don't quit it. Yeah. Right. Keep your job. Yeah. Right. I mean, this whole idea of, oh my God, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I quit my job. It's not a good idea. No. Right. At all. At least have a good plan. Uh, good, good plan. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And then gradually you can take, um, you know, you can slow down running on the treadmill, which makes you money. But either you're going to have to do flips, you're going to have to do wholesales. And if you have, you're being paid a hundred, two hundred, thirty thousand bucks doing something else. You can't suddenly quit mm-hmm. because you have to think, how long did it take you to get there? Exactly. Right, it took you 15, 20 years to get there generally, mm-hmm. and you're not going to just tomorrow get in real estate and start making half a million bucks. That's right. not how it works. No, right. So, um, what was the now at that point? 
like uh, if we come into 2021, we all started looking at the Florida market, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and at that point, uh, my point was, and part of it is good, part of it is uh, not so good, yeah. right? Uh, because, and as much as I like to say, everything we touch turns to gold, it does not, no. right? That would not be the truth, mm -hmm. right? So what was the thought process at that time when I'm like, hey guys, I think we should look at building in Florida, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you were one of the people that are like, yeah, this makes sense. Right. Um, yet today, it's kind of a little bit different. Yeah. So what was that like? So in 2021, remember we had the, the big meeting and we were talking about the numbers. Again, right. that, at that point, the numbers make sense. Right. And the numbers for building a new construction, uh, you know, reliable materials, PITI, right. when we refi it out with the interest rate at that point, made a lot of sense that we can get brand new building in Florida market that is heating up because at that point in 2021, we know the statistic is people are moving from different states to Florida. Florida Absolutely. wasn't the hottest market. So we right. see a lot of appreciation. We see a lot of the back end going up all the time. Right. We see a lot of rents going up, right. right? To like 10, 15% more than the other markets. Right. So that's where we jumped in into Florida because right. the numbers work. Right. So uh, actually before I go there, I'm gonna pull you back uh, one second because yeah. for a lot of people around the country, mm -hmm. right? Um, what they don't understand about the Chicago market, only thing they know is, oh my God, it's cold <laughs> and there's a lot of crime, Yeah. right? Uh, and the only place, uh, you know, you can go to other states, but people are scared of Chicago for some reason. Yeah. And people don't understand that maybe 1% or 2% of the Chicago land area geographically mm -hmm. is quote unquote bad. Right. 98% actually has lower crime mm -hmm. than a lot of other smaller cities. I agree. Right. Um, but yet, how have you decided, like when you were investing, mm -hmm. were you investing A, meaning affluent areas, or D, meaning disasters? Mm -hmm. What was the areas you were making money in? We were making money in a, between C- minus to C- plus area. Okay. Right. So C-, minus, so areas with some challenges, Correct. but not a disaster. Yeah. Okay, got and it. And it would always, doing your research on the demographics and where things are, like where are the schools? Where are the transportation? Where are, we don't want to go into a food desert, for example, right. right? So all of these takes into place where we choose the neighborhoods. Right. Are you enjoying the show thus far? You know what they say, knowledge is not power, but rather it's the application of knowledge that is power. That's why we are excited to announce the new dates for our Build Your Empire three-day conference and property tour. At this game-changing event, you'll discover how to build lasting wealth with real estate. Learn step-by-step -step methods, avoid common mistakes, and get insights from dozens of real estate and financial experts. If you are listening to the podcast, you know that real estate is a team sport, and we're here to introduce you to the local pros who can help you every step of the way. This event is your opportunity to walk through active real estate deals in Chicago and nearby neighborhoods. And the best part is, you can either attend live or virtually. Go to andrewhomesevents.com and get your early bird tickets now. At the event, you'll see properties being transformed into flips, rentals, or wholesale properties, giving you a rare and valuable learning experience outside the classroom. Meet and learn from successful students who've profited from our mentorship. Hear their stories and struggles, and discover how you can follow in their footsteps, regardless of your background or experience. And so much more. We also have a VIP package that will give you access to our exclusive networking sessions and an opportunity to connect and meet with Andrew himself. 
Plus, we even give you a hot lunch all of the days you are there. For more information and to secure your spot, visit andrewhomesevents.com. We sell out every time, so don't miss this opportunity to transform your real estate career. We will see you at our next event. And now, back to the show. So it's because we've always been big on the first class we do in mastery always is area selection. Yes. Right. Which most people ignore, <laughs> which area selection is way more important yep. than the property that you buy. Mm-hmm. Property is important. Right. But if you have a phenomenal area, it's very forgiving. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a great area, you can have the best property yeah. and nobody wants to go there because maybe the crime is very high or right. maybe there are other economic factors that nobody wants yeah. to be a part of. There's not right? enough infrastructure. Right. So when you look at the Chicago market, like today, if we talk about it, mm-hmm. you think still there is huge amount of room to make money? Oh, there's huge, yeah. huge, yeah. I mean, like our goal changes over time sure. because now we focus on short-term and mid-term rental, sure. but there's still a lot of opportunities from long-term rental. Okay. Yeah. So today, what does your business look like? Are you doing flips, rentals, short-terms, mid-terms? Mm-hmm. What is your business? And then what parts of the country? Because as we went to Florida, started mm-hmm. investing there, yep. now it opened up your eyes. Also, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, yeah. there is another market, beautiful weather. Right. And then there's <laughs> another market. So you, I imagine you looked at that and you're like, oh my God, there's different yeah. opportunities. Of course. Yeah. So um, what are you doing today? What I'm doing today is, let's just, uh, let's talk about Illinois, where, sure. where we started, right? Sure. Illinois, Chicagoland area. Sure. In Illinois, Chicagoland area, we're still finding opportunities in C minus to C plus where we can flip. Okay. That's still happening right now in okay. 23 going to 24 i have uh three flips that's ready after this winter to be on the market and right. and those flips are some of them are the they used to be my rental so when the tenant moved out we rehabbed it we're selling and, and and we talked about that because these villages that where these properties are are not conductive to short-term rental and mid-term rental which is where we're going right. uh so that's in illinois when when we're we're buying properties is mostly for flips and active income. In Indiana, Northwest Indiana, where I have a, a couple of Airbnbs, that's where we're also growing because the uh, the Airbnb business is good there, um, especially in college towns, in in top ten or big ten uh, college towns. That's where we focus on. In Southwest Florida, uh, because of the availability of a lot of attraction and a, lo- a lot of different things that's growing. And the regulation and the rule is more relaxed there, uh, you know, for the landlord, for the business owners. We are growing there for our long-term, short-term, and mid-term. Got it. Okay. So you basically started expanding out of the Chicago land area. You're like, okay, what is the next? Where can we get even a higher return? Correct. Right? Um, and then are there certain criteria like we tend to use that if it's a rental property, long-term rental, mm-hmm. we want to make a minimum of 450 to 500 per door. Right. And not have any money stuck out of pocket. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So 25, 30% equity. Mm-hmm. So let's go to that part of it because a lot of times uh, investors struggle with the idea, oh my God, Andrew, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. I can't find a property. Yeah. Right. There's no properties in the MLS. You mm-hmm. started with the um, MLS, then you looked at auctions, obviously. Correct. Right. Where are you finding properties today? We, so we still find properties on the MLS. Right. So that still happens as right. long as you know where to look. Look. We work, and how to look, right? Or how to look, how to right? Look, yeah. So at this point, you know, it becomes a habit when you look at a property, if it works or not, right? right? Um, you just have to physically see it, but it still works. Properties on MLS. We work a lot with wholesalers. Mm-hmm. 
we also run a very small marketing company in, in our, inside our company. Mm -hmm. We used to be wholesalers back in 2020, 2021 because I want to have more income. But now sure. my, my, our marketing company is just to give us inbound leads for our own flips and or hope, right? Okay. So that's our main generator of leads. We also work with investor uh, agent right. that understands our buy box. Sure. So that's really a lot of the things that we do and a lot of networking. So I want to kind of go back to, so basically MLS, mm -hmm. um, you guys did some wholesaling during the lean times, oh, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and you were doing flips. Yep. So you substituted income that way. Mm -hmm. Now you've gone back to basically in-house lead generation yep. for mostly for your needs. For my needs. Mostly yeah. for your uh, needs. We still wholesale, but that's, sure. you know, we, we're not going to throw a lead business. away, right? right? So, but we are not wholesalers. Right. We buy from wholesalers. Sure. We have a marketing engine. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, because this is very important to understand, right. like even for us, right? Uh, in my business, we do some wholesales, mm -hmm. but that's like, okay, it's an extra property. I don't, I can't do anything with Correct. it. It's okay to wholesale. Yes. But we're not in the wholesale business. We're not. We're in the long-term property owning business. Correct. That's really what our business is. Correct. If we're doing flips, like right now, I have six or seven flips going because these properties don't make sense for anything else. Yeah. So even though they'll make 50, 60,000 bucks each, mm -hmm. right? So but we don't focus on that, right? Yeah. A lot of times, like even at the three day, I mean, I'm not going to mention some names, but there's a lot of people during that era of 21, 22, mm -hmm. they're making three, four, five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand doing flips. Mm -hmm. But even at the three day or anywhere, we don't highlight that. We're like, okay, great, right. wonderful. You can buy all of us, you know, Panera Bread. That's, <laughs> that's okay. But yeah. that is not the... We don't measure success by the amount of income you generate. Yeah. We measure success by the amount of cash flow that you have coming in every single month. Yeah. Because the income can fluctuate, right? Oh, yeah. Income can glow up, income can come down, mm -hmm. and you're running on the treadmill. Correct. Right? Is that a thought process you still follow today? Because now you're at a point where you took mastery, you're part of mastery, you contribute still today. But now you're like, okay, how can I continue growing? Is that the basic fundamental that you still grow your business on? Uh, yes and no. I mean, we, we still need active income. Sure, absolutely. Right? And we talked about how that active income can really run without me spending time on it. Because right. time is a, a, a more of a, a, a better like KPI for me right Correct. now. Right? Correct. You know, it's not the money. Because right. we, we, we already have the goals. Right. But it's the time because I want more free time now. Sure, absolutely. right. So flips takes a lot of time. Right, right. It's not about like I'm good at flips. Right. It just takes a lot of time. So now I'm I'm growing a separate business, sure. still related to real estate, that will take me less time with the same or more amount of active income. So now I can just focus on buying and holding property, holding property, and spending that time uh, getting that. Right, right. So so this is an important thing, guys. Right that a lot of times people come to real estate and they get stuck doing just wholesales or just flipping. Yeah. The real money, right? Now there's a lot of, I'm not knocking anybody. We all do flips. They make a lot of money, but they suck your blood. This mm -hmm. is just how it, the business it is, is, right? Uh, same thing with wholesales. If you start running a wholesale operation, now your expenditure every month is so much yeah. that to feed that beast, right? You got to keep doing it right. and you can't, now you're like, oh my God, man, I can't keep this property yep. because I can make 30,000 bucks on a wholesale. Why? How do I feed my whole organization, be it people, be it marketing costs? Yep. Did you find that, that that was a little bit of a challenge? Oh, that yeah. if you expand that wholesale, it becomes harder to scale that business. 
that's why I stopped. Right. No, <laughs> we, I mean, we used we used to have a, a pretty big team, right? And my spending for wholesale uh, marketing, right? right, for marketing systems and everything, sure. a month is between five to seven thousand a month, right? And we were pretty good at it. We had a good system. We were doing two two and a half deals a month consistently, right? Right, right? all over like three states, right? right? But it becomes another work. It becomes right. another treadmill for me, right? Right. In addition to flips, because I was right. still doing flips. Now I have a second job. Basically, right. that's what I see. Right. So that's why we decided to uh, let go of that operation, even though we're making money, even though sure. we have a system. We let go of that. We scale it down. So it's just an in-house marketing, right? While we just keep the flip, because for me, again, flip is a time sucker, right. but the system for it is much, much more efficient than the wholesale than system the wholesale that we have. Yeah. Right. And and this is something like I mean, Bieta is such a good example out of mastery, right? She used to do a lot of condos, mm -hmm. condo flips, right? Okay. And they're doing good with it, but all the time she's worried, where am I gonna find the next one? Where am I gonna right. find the next one? Right. Yeah. Right. And my point was, Miss Bieta, what your good your husband happens to have a HVAC license. Build a HVAC business, mm -hmm. right? And most people are like, that Andrew doesn't make sense. They came to you for real estate. Right. I get that. Yeah. But what think about this. You can install 30 HVAC systems and you not be there. Right. Every system you install, you make a thousand bucks. Yeah. Is that not like a flip? Correct. Right. Yeah. And it's phone calls. You're sitting home. As long as you have good techs, you're basically doing management of those techs. Yes. And you have nothing at risk. Yeah. Zero capital at risk. Correct. Every time the customer is hot, they got to pay. Yeah. Customers cold, yeah. they got to pay, yeah. right? And so my point was your flips or your active income is a small HVAC business. Mm -hmm. You can scale that to a million, two million bucks, mm -hmm. right? A, yeah. a gross revenue, three million yeah. gross revenue, and you can be extremely profitable, yeah. right? And a lot of times when people come to real estate, they think, oh my God, I'm forced to do flips. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. You can run an ancillary service Correct. that is extremely profitable yeah. Because people need that every yes. single day, yeah. right? And people don't realize it. And then keep building a cash flow portfolio, keep building. Like now right. she's up to what, 16, 17, 18 properties, eight, 9,000 a month mm -hmm. in cash flow. Yes. So her day-to-day -day business, she's in the real estate business, it happens to be providing HVAC. Who mm -hmm. needs HVAC? All of us. Everyone. Right, everyone. Yeah. And that's what I think sometimes people miss, that they get so tied up in right. running on a treadmill Mm -hmm. that they quit their treadmill and find another treadmill yeah. and they keep running on it, running on it, and then they don't know how to get off, Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. So for you, what is that? What is that other business that you decided that, okay, I can generate income here mm -hmm. and then I can keep doing what I'm doing and keep building higher and higher cash flow and buy my time back? Yeah, so this business started in at the end of 2020 and 2021. And again, it's because I was doing flips and my financial book was a mess. So I had to find a bookkeeper to help me manage that while I'm doing all these flips and everything, sure. right? I couldn't find anything. And I had a decent knowledge of how to do real estate bookkeeping. Got it. So I had to find a, a good bookkeeper and I had to teach him about real estate bookkeeping. Fast forward, I see that as solving issues to a lot of investors because I found out that a lot of investors issues my shoes. They are great in flipping. They are great in numbers, but they have really bad financial books. And you know how it is when come tax time, your CPA is like, what, where's your books? Yeah. And, and it's all a mess and you will miss deduction and all that. At the end of the day, you make millions bucks, but then if you can't, you don't have a good books, you miss a lot of things. Right. So fast forward, we are helping a lot of real estate investor that was in our shoes with a clarity on their financial books. I have a team of bookkeepers now that helps daily real estate investor 
fix their books so they're ready for CPA or tax return, and also on a month-to-month -month basis, uh, give them a service to manage their bookkeeping side financial so they can see their profitability and, and more importantly, their cash flow of their business every single month. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So what is the name of the business? It's, uh, it's KPI Books. And KPI, KPI books. stands for uh, Key Profit Indicators. Key Profit Indicators. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. Now, this is something I think you should come and even talk about in mastery. For sure. Right? Uh, because uh, all of us, I mean, including me, mm -hmm. right? It's uh, basically an issue because we're so busy being running a business, yeah. right? That uh, you could be losing money on deals. You could be losing money oh, yeah. uh, on things and you don't even know it, yeah. right? You don't even know. It. And it's it's a hard thing to admit. Mm -hmm. Just because you buy good quality real estate does not mean necessarily that it is profitable, yeah. right? Because, I mean, I did this whole thing um, a couple of years ago, which was, it was supposed to be a fun challenge, which was, uh, you know, a wholesale, can you make a million this year doing wholesales? Yeah. And as I'm spending, I spent 160, 170,000 bucks in a yeah. matter of three, four months. Yeah. Did I find property? Sure. Yeah. Right. But that's not a sustainable business mm -hmm. because um, I wanted to keep all of them. Right. I, yeah. did, I think I sold one property <laughs> out of the 23, 24 yeah. I found yeah. because and then it's like, OK, how do you support this? Yeah. Right. Now I had money other places. And this happens to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Right. That they're basically you may have your equity rich mm -hmm. and your cash poor. Correct. Right. And you have to understand how to do good bookkeeping mm -hmm. because you can kind of uh, kind of stop these bleeds. Right. You know, that happen in yeah. a business. Mm -hmm. So what if people want to engage with you, mm -hmm. how does that work? It's very simple. Uh, just go to kpibooks.com, okay. schedule a free discovery call with me, and we'll see where you are at in your investing journey. Right. Because there are people who just started. There are people who has 20 properties. When right. I came in and I realized I want to create a bookkeeping company, my company was the first client. Right. Right. So, and we had at that point 25 properties and flips and all of it. So I was there, the, the bookkeeping best clients or the top right. clients. Right. So that's how we grew. Uh, but we have people who owns property management company, right? Sure. So, but what we're saying is everyone and every different part of their journey needs a good, clean book. So for investor that is just starting, we help them set up a good foundational so that even if they want to manage it themselves, they can and they get clarity. Right. For people who are spending one or two hours a week trying to manage their books, I'm telling them, I don't think that's worth it your time because if your time is worth about $200 an hour and you're spending two hours a week, we, we charge less than that, right? right? So right. might as well outsource it to us and have a good clean books and get more deals because your $200 an hour becomes, you know, another property that you can get, right? For, for people who are in the high level that owns a business, well, you shouldn't even touch your books at right. that point. Either you should hire a full-time bookkeeper right. or you can work with us and we'll provide you the best data month to month to month. So now you can grow and strategize how you can make better cash flow, growth, you know, and all those fun stuff when you're growing. Right. right? So, right. yeah. It gives you better control of your business. Correct. Yeah. It gives you clarity. Again, KPI, right? right? You got your key performance index or indicators. For us, we want to give you key profit indicators so you can see it, right? What is your growth and what is your cash flow and what is your profitability? Got it. So, today, right? Is there, how do you look at the business? Is there, are you looking at, okay, I want to get to, 25,000 a month mm -hmm. in cash flow, 50,000 a month in cash flow. Yeah. Uh, what's the goal for you um, and your family? The goals for our family right now is really the freedom of time. Freedom of time. We love to travel. So we don't want to get stuck. You know, we love Chicago. We, we, we're probably going to stay in Chicago. Chicago will 
always be in our heart. Yeah. We will always have multiple properties in Chicago. So we, we, we want to come back to Chicago and to visit. But right now we're strategizing to own different single, uh, short-term rentals in multiple states where we want to go visit all the sure. time. Right? Sure. Like saying LA, right. right? I know LA is bad for investing, sure. but we would like to have something there, for example, sure. like Washington, right? We would like to have something there that we can make it a good asset Right, so that's what we're doing. We want to. So it's a free. lifestyle investing. It's basically. a lifestyle investing right now because, like, the cash flow wise, we're we're good, right? right? If we just want to say, like, I don't want to grow anymore, and I just want to, I can, I can right. go to Bali and everything will work well, sure. right? But I don't want to be stuck in flips. Right. I don't want to be like, oh, you know what? We have to skip our dinner because guess what? Our alarm went off. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So we want to be free of that. And and the bookkeeping company right now, I'm, I'm working really hard on the business so that we can. Our goal is by the time we're 50, and I'm 45 right now, by the time we're 50, we can be free of the physical location that we can go anywhere and the business will run, generating cash flow for us so that every single property that we can take from all over the country and even the world, we can keep with the income that we have from, from this bookkeeping business. Got it. So as far as when you're doing some marketing, when you're doing, because there's a million things, right? yeah. everybody wants to know, uh, that Oscar, what's yeah. the best way of doing marketing? Yeah. Is it mailings? Is it probates? Is mm -hmm. it um, pre-foreclosures? Yep. What's the secret to finding deals? The secret is know your market. Really, just area selection. Okay. What we do in Chicago is different with Florida. Okay. And really, because we know, we spend five to $7,000 a month to find this out. Right. We did, biz we did deals, wholesale deals back then in Chicago, Indiana, Georgia and Florida. So that's okay. really good for like four states to do business in, sure. right? including Chicago because I'm here. Right. right. So, but what you find is Georgia is better at that point, right? right? Better with cold call. Right. Chicago is better with text. Right. And maybe because people don't want to get bothered, people right. just want to receive a text and see if they respond because people have different st lifestyle. Florida is 50-50. And Florida, sometimes you have to door knock. So I had to find where the address is right. The owners is right. They're not answering. Why? Because they're older demographics and, and they have a flip phone. Yeah. They, they can't even like they get messages. Even, yeah, so now you, you'd be like, the text. yeah, you, you call them. It's like, who is this? I can't hear you. And yeah. so now we have like, okay, it's the right owner. We have to get someone there, knock on the door, do the business. So it's very much per area basis, but everything works. If you do the system right, you can do cold calls in Chicago and text, maybe double down on text more. Um, and then it's also cyclical, right? Because, because for example, they are, all these carriers are doubling down on spam, right. right? So now you have to be very, very active in checking your spam phones, yeah. right? So it's evolving. Marketing is always evolving. So are you guys doing like, uh, you guys do any cold calls? We do. You do. Yeah. You're using VAs. You're doing in-house. We you... do. We we have VAs. Okay. Uh, we utilize um, remote team members okay. from overseas. Okay. Um, and again, that de that depends on uh, your target market. Right. We used to have VAs that knows how to speak Spanish right. because we were also targeting Texas, San Antonio. Right. San Antonio. And in San Antonio, there's a lot of Hispanic, there's a spe uh, um, Spanish-speaking sure. uh, seller. So again, that's different, right? For, you know, for everyone else, we just need a VA that knows how to speak English um, fluently and be able to understand the different accent. Got it. And that's what we have to train 
in-house. Got it. Do. Yeah. And then uh, as far as do you use a specific uh, to pull your leads? Mm -hmm. You use a specific company to pull your leads from um, or uh, how do you do that? Uh, we use multiple companies you use depending multiple. on the list target. For example, pre-foreclosure would be a different list okay. than a high equity. Okay. Um, if we were to do like say creative financing, like right. say seller financing or subject sure. to, right. Like then, then it would be pre-foreclosure, for example. Right. Like seller financing would be a free and clear property right. that you can talk into seller finance, sure. right? So every list is different. Every list has a purpose. When right. we pull it, you just have to know and you just have to keep really good KPIs and datas and someone to, as a good lead manager, to manage those lists. Got it. And then when you're calling on these lists, do you guys try to, because like if you look in the Chicago market, mm -hmm. right? You look at pre-foreclosures. Yes. It's close to 19,000, yeah. right? Pre-foreclosures. Mm -hmm. It's too big a list, yeah. right? It's impossible yeah. to work that big a list. You mm -hmm. got to get it called down. So when you're doing marketing, do mm -hmm. you only do it to the zip codes that uh, you're going after? Are you looking at certain metrics, right? Because yeah. uh, you said you're open to doing some subject twos. You're mm -hmm. open to some seller financing. Right. Um, you're open to... Um, obviously buying the property outright, right? Right. So are you going to certain zip codes? Yes. How are you doing that? So we start with the county. Okay. From the county, we start with zip code selection, which is area selection, to be area honest. Area selection, right? right? And we find that C minus C, C plus, and we, we go down into three to four zip codes. Right. And from three to four zip codes, we see the trend of uh, the properties. Let's say, is there a lot of flips there? Is there a lot of rentals there? And from there, we look at the number of pre-foreclosure, right. right? And from there, we would say, okay, well, let's pull a pre-foreclosure on these three zip codes because there's abundance of them, right. right? But then some areas, which is much older area, more stable, there's a lot more free and clear properties right. because there's a lot more people who are in their older age, you know, 70, 80 years old that have a free and clear property. At that point, they bought in 1950s, they, they're free and clear. So that area, we will pull high equity either absentee, which they don't live there, or vacant, right? So you have to know your area. You have to know your area. So I want to give an example of this, right? Because this is important to understand. So yesterday I had somebody here uh, for a Golden Platinum meeting uh, for Mastery, yeah. right? And this was a conversation came up. He's like, man, I'm confused. Like, well, where do you live? Number one, West mm -hmm. Chicago, right? Which is a suburb yeah. um, in the Western part yep. of Chicago. Yeah. And uh, so we're as we're talking, blah, 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 and it comes out that he grew up in that uh, Harvey in that area. Yeah. I'm like, how's that area still? He's like, well, man, it's yeah. not really. But I'm like, well, do you know areas around it? Mm -hmm. Well, he's like, yeah, I know areas around yeah. it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Calumet City, yeah. uh, Park Forest, sure. um, Hazelcrest. We picked about six areas yeah. that are around an area that we don't think is a good area to invest. But the right. other areas are going to be CC minus areas. Sure. Right? And so... My point to him was rather than going to areas where everybody else is going, mm -hmm. you are naturally, you know the area, mm -hmm. go look for deals there. And there, he's like, I can make money there. I'm like, man, you can make a yeah. lot of money yeah. because there's a lot of flips going on. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of wholesales going on. Right. There's a lot of people are buying properties for rentals. Yes, You know that, mm -hmm. right? The predominant population in that particular area is African-American, mm -hmm. right? You're an African-American guy. You're well-spoken. You carry yourself great. Mm -hmm. We all have a inherited advantage in yes. certain areas. Use that. If you're a Hispanic dude, right? Then I'm not saying just go to Spanish, go talk to Hispanic people, but inherently, if you know those areas, mm -hmm. 
why not make a lot of money there? Right. Because there's such a strategic advantage if you can speak Spanish. Yes. And people who speak Spanish, guess who they feel comfortable with? Yeah. Other people who speak Spanish. Right. Right. And they're not going to be as sophisticated. And a lot of times, Oscar, what happens is people will li listen to something like this. Oh, my God, Oscar's doing this. Yeah. And he's Andrew says he's smart. Right. So I'm going to do what <laughs> yeah. Oscar's doing. Right. Right. The point of these podcasts is, guys, to pull ideas, mm -hmm. to pull thoughts. And then you have to think about, okay, where am I? What is my profile mm -hmm. as a uh, as a person? Maybe I don't have money. It's okay, right? Mm -hmm. um, or maybe I do have money. Yeah. But if you have more, uh, you know, if you don't, most of the times in life, when you have money, you don't have time. Mm -hmm. When you have time, you don't have money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, so then if you don't have a lot of money, guess what? You're going to have to put a little bit more effort into it. Sure. Right? And because it, it's frustrating for people like this guy was, man, he's like, man, I'm looking for all these properties. The market's really high, right? I'm like, dude, what part of Chicagoland is there the highest amount of turnover? Where are the most deals? Mm -hmm. South suburb, either yeah. South Side, which is Chicago South Side, or in South Suburbs. Yeah. And I'm like, you know the South Suburbs, you grew up there. Right. Concentrate on five suburbs. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, there's hundreds of deals. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But that is something a lot of times, Oscar, we've all seen people will chase deals rather than areas first. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? I mean, I think because people people just don't understand the neighborhoods. They don't understand the numbers. Right. Right. So if you if you do just a little bit more research, more structured research. Right. right? And, and you just focus. Right. That's that's it. You know, like like you said. There's so many podcasts. There's so many talking heads. There's right. so many people out there giving you advice, quote unquote advice, and you just take them and you lose focus. Right. Right. I would. I would just say, anything that you you want to do, you need to put in at least sixty to ninety days without even changing your focus and right. see the results first, and then tweak from there. A lot of people they would just say, okay, well, like you said, I'm gonna listen to Oscar. I'm gonna do this, but I'm just gonna do this for thirty days. Right. At this kind of environment, it's it's very hard to see results in 30 days. So do you see that even with you where where you started mm -hmm. to where you are today? I mean, yeah. at, le at least knowing you, yeah. right? You're always a guy who's willing to try new things, yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. But I see that you have become much more focused. Yeah. When I look at it even from outside, right? right? I'm like, Oscar's become much more focused yeah. in terms of what he wants. Do you see that in you? Oh, as yeah. a If you basically work to critique your own business? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I... I I'm I'm much more focused. I'm because my goal, my purpose is to get this this time freedom, right? right. And like you said, I, I have money. I don't have time now, right. right? So all the all my focus is using my money, so it has the best ROI, so I can get freedom of time. Right. And with that, you know, it has to be such a narrow goal that you're not wasting your time, right? right? So you know, I'm not even looking at multifamily. I'm not looking even looking at apartments. I don't even care if people say it's a good deal. Right. You know, I just I just looked at my email and suddenly like great deals on like a five unit in Oakland or right. or or uh, Oak Park. Right. It's like delete. Yeah. Because I don't want to underwrite it. Right. And it's not that it's not profitable, guys. You have yeah. to kind of figure out what are you good at? What am I going to focus on? Right. And then single-mindedly focus on that one thing and one thing alone. Exactly. Right? Because it's like, you know, Gary Keller wrote that book. The right? one thing. The one thing. Right? And it's not about, there's a lot of things. People make money doing a million things. Yes. You have to pick 
which one are you good at? Which yeah. one you can do given where you are at that moment in right. time mm-hmm. and then become exceptional at it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's the secret to making money. It's not right. doing 10 things all at the same time because you're never going to succeed. Yeah. So. And and really the, the one thing doesn't mean that you're only doing one thing forever. Right. The one thing means that let's master this skill set yeah. first and see if you can monetize on this and you can get a good ROI before you move to another thing, right? right? So you start with guitar and then now you can do piano. Right. Now you can do bass or whatever, right? You know, we start with single family, make that a good habit first, then we can build new construction, for example, right? right? So all of these, you know, it takes focus. And we said the one single thing minor. is like that. So before we wrap up, um, I want to kind of talk about, uh, there's a brand, mm-hmm. right? That you're starting to help your daughter. Yes. How old's your daughter? Uh, she's 16 now. 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's going to go to school, maybe college very soon. Yeah. Right. And you did something I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what was your idea for her to put her through college? So my idea was, I, I believe in college, but I don't believe in overspending college. Right. So I, I, I sit down with her and said, you're going to college in two years. You're looking at colleges this year and next year. You're going to apply to a bunch of college. I can tell you right now, I'm going to guarantee you 25000 a year for college. That's my budget for education for you. Go out and find a college that fits that budget. Right. Anything over, you need to pay. Now, I'm going to equip you so that you can pay for this. So if, you're, if you want to go to Brown or if you want to go to like Northwestern, which is one of her indications that she wants to go to Northwestern. Sure. I don't know how much Northwestern is for undergrad. I think I was hearing about $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So she needs to find $75,000 a year. Right. right. That's a job. Right. right. So. And being an entrepreneur, I encourage her to create something online because that could be a side hustle. Sure. Right. So this is where we come up with this brand, God is an investor, because it's a streetwear brand based on what she loves to do. And, you know, based on collaboration between me and her, me being the advisor to create this business. And that's sure. why uh, this business started, you know, we start talking about it uh, late last year. So what was the w- kind of what's the thought process behind God is the investor. I love that name. Yeah. I love, I mean, I, I saw it and I'm like, oh my God, is yeah. that a brand? Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, this is great. Right. Yeah. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is, a, it's just catchy. Right. Right. Yeah. It makes, so what was the, how did you guys come up with that exactly? So it, it really just came out after, on, on a lunch, after we went through our Sunday service. And sure. us being a believer, sure. being people, people of faith, we realized that, you know, as we are investing in people, there's a similar higher being that is investing in us. In us. Right. And, and God doesn't, doesn't just limit it to a Christian belief. Sure. You know, God is a belief of higher being that protects us, that's provide for us, right? So, so any different religions that believe, there's a God, right? And, and we, we believe that this higher being is investing in us through the talents and the skill set we have. So that's the, hence the word God, God is an investor because we believe he's investing talent and skill set in us so we can do greater things. No, I, I love that branding. I mean, I absolutely loved that branding right. because I'm like, oh my God, you can take, you can do so much with yeah, that. Yeah, right? We can, right. You can do so much with that branding. Right, right, yeah. You know, uh, so if she ever wants to sell it, you know, let me know, man. For sure, yeah. We're, 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 uh, the, so, the cool thing is, like, yeah. we, I'm letting her do the work, right? Because right. I could just hire someone, sure. like, done, yeah. right? But I'm trying to teach her, like, you got to create these websites first, 
so that you know how to create website before you hand it to someone else. Right. You got to hand uh, you got to be able to source it correctly. Now you get to see, man, it, it costs like 35 bucks to create one hoodie. Yeah. So you can't sell it for 35 bucks. Right. You have to make at least 50%. Now you have to sell it for $70-80, right? Right? But in in the middle of this, I want to be able to invite people to see our journey. So this business, the hope is to be transparent to the follower that we can show that, hey, our cost is $35. This is why we're selling it for $70 because 10% goes to the company. The rest goes to the marketing. This, this goes back to us. So you really see, and hopefully it inspires other family to collaborate together and create other business as entrepreneur. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it's it's a great name. I think the the reason behind why you started it, yeah. uh, it makes so much, so yeah. much sense. Uh, and uh, who knows, man? Yeah. Maybe one day it'll sell for a bajillion bucks. Hey. Right. You know. Um, you know, and we'll say, "Oh my God." Yeah. Right. Uh, I knew this kid. Yeah. Right. Uh, that we had on the podcast with her dad. For sure. So, yeah, uh, so. this is kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a really awesome. It's been a fun thing to look at kind of your journey mm-hmm. and be able to follow that uh, along mm-hmm. uh, as a part of it. And uh, I know. You've done a bunch of different things for mastery, mm-hmm. uh, but we are extremely blessed to have Thank people you. like you because it's uh, with someone like you, the education doesn't end. Right. It's like, it's just a beginning, Yeah. right? It's a lifelong process. Anything mm-hmm. else for anybody that's listening that you would want to share any words of wisdom, any yeah. inspiration from your end? I mean, I, I just, I just want to say that you can make money in, in any conditions of the market, even from 2020 till now, there's money to be made. Uh, number one is is just to focus. And number two is know that as you put in your focus, really your best is yet to come, right? I like to say that to people because it's a progress. You know, your success is a progress of daily activity, daily habit building that you are going to get better, 1% better. That's what some people call it every single day. And what, that's what you should try to do um, as you focus on the things that you want to do. And it doesn't matter if it's real estate. It doesn't matter if it's your, your other entrepreneurship job that you're trying to create. Focus creates a lot of tractions to success in the future. Right. No, 100%. Yeah. Uh, well said. So congratulations, man. Congratulations you. to your uh, daughter. Next time you got to bring her in. For sure. Right? We want to give her a plug. Yeah. Because hopefully a bunch of people that will listen to it. Uh, you have a website? We have. Yeah. It's gutisaninvestor.co. Oh, okay. Yep. Got an investor.co. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So guys, uh, go there, support. Uh, again, um, make sure you join the next podcast. We have a lot of these coming and we mm-hmm. always try to have fun, inspirational guests that are real. They are still investing in real estate mm-hmm. and they are growing uh, their portfolios. Again, this is Andrew Holmes uh, with Oscar. Um, you're listening to Cashflow for Life and talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Cashflow for Life podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you are listening to us on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with your friends. Achieving financial freedom is all about creating the necessary cash flow in your life. Our team has designed an entire ecosystem for you to be able to not only become a successful real estate investor, but for you to build higher cash flows month after month. Join our community at www.nationalreinvest.com to see which event is coming up that you can be a part of and how you can be a part of our community. Once again, it's www.nationalreinvest.com. We will see you on the next episode.